An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound, they score! Barbashev in front. 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has happened here has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town, it's a championship town. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Back-to-back to to start as we jump right into the National Hockey League preseason. Last night's game in San Jose followed up by a road tilt in Denver this evening and predominantly uh, different lineups as we have 63 players in camp, so they'll spread things around before uh, returning home later on this week. We'll get into what happened last night. Open phones usually dominate the opening segment uh, of every Monday, but I think we should push it to tomorrow because we only have an hour worth of uh, program today and we want to get into uh, everything that happened last night, what to expect tonight, some evaluations and some other stuff happening around the National Hockey League. So can I make that executive decision? Yes, I think you just did. All right, uh, let's do it. Well, I just uh, want a seconder. <laughs> in in, no, you're, in you're council, right. you need yeah. a seconder. Like, yeah. uh, I raised this uh, proposal, and we need a seconder, and uh, we got the seconder uh, right there. Uh, the, the interesting part is we get the two most recent Stanley Cup champions going tonight, and in Denver, we watched a year ago how they handled their preseason. Now, it was, it was a short short, short off season mm-hmm. uh, from Colorado Stanley Cup Championship. Remember, the season went really late. Uh, that was the catch-up year. Uh, and so they had the shortest off season ever yeah. uh, for a Stanley Cup champion. And they really were conservative with uh, a lot of their star players, their veteran National Hockey League players uh, throughout the course of the preseason. And they never really hit stride until the end because they were so banged up. And I wonder if uh, some of that uh, uh, taking it easy and resting players and not uh, suiting up uh, a lot of their National Hockey Leaguers, uh, and in some cases the guys didn't play at all in the preseason, whether that uh, affected them on the injury front uh, going into uh, the regular season. And uh, Vegas on the other side, I think you're going to see uh, everybody uh, play during this preseason uh, at least once, uh, probably twice, uh, uh, more more uh, leaning towards the the home side of it, but uh, but I think you'll see a slightly different approach uh, to Vegas how they handle things compared to uh, what Colorado did a year ago. Yeah, I feel like if I'm looking at it, I'd like to see the Golden Knights at least get most everybody in twice, at least the guys that you're expecting to be on the opening night roster. I feel like two games in the preseason over the course of two weeks is probably the minimum that you want to hit. And you know what? I I think it's an interesting point on Colorado in that, you know, for the Golden Knights, it it seems like everyone's healthy. So if everyone's healthy, if you can get a couple of games under your belt, feeling pretty good about where you're at going into the regular season, then you're hopeful that you're able to hit stride coming out of the gate and and not falling into some of the pitfalls that happened to the Colorado Avalanche last year. And and injury is a fluke thing. Like you you don't control it uh, by uh, a large account, but, 
I think there, there's a there's a real extreme in going from not playing for a couple of months or some captain skates to playing in a National Hockey League regular season game, and it can put you a little bit on your heels or uh, cause you to make uh, certain decisions that will put, make you a, a little bit more vulnerable. So uh, I should mention, too, uh, Bruce Cassidy has talked to uh, the coaches that have won the most recent Stanley Cups to gauge them, what they did. And mm-hmm. Coaches Association is really strong in the NHL. Guys uh, really get along. Uh, they help each other out. So uh, even though they're competitors like Colorado and Vegas are in the Western Conference, uh, Jared Bednar and Bruce Cassidy had a pretty good conversation about what Colorado uh, did with their uh, approach to defending the Stanley Cup, uh, what uh, John Cooper did in, in his time defenses well now that was a little bit different because you had the bubble and you had uh, uh, some some uh, interdivisional only uh, setups uh, going into the season but uh, Bruce Cassidy has really reached out to the two most recent coaches including the guy that's going to stand on the opposition bench tonight for uh, an idea of, of how to go about it and some of that will be involving uh, who plays and who plays uh, uh, a lot or a little bit less during the course of the preseason yeah and I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised at all that that Bruce is kind of going down that that road because again, you know, you we've talked to Bruce, you've you've heard kind of the the idea that that he's got in his mind where, you know, back to back it's it's something that you start to think about and you you don't want to win just one. You want to try to give yourself every opportunity and every advantage that you can either going into the next season or, you know, going through preseason. So I I I'm interested to see kind of how things are deployed, you know, you you have those two road games right off the bat but then you get four home four at home straight and I think that's kind of where we're going to see uh, maybe the rosters look more like NHL level rosters than than what we have seen over the what we've seen yesterday and, and certainly what we're going to see tonight well players in the preseason are forced to travel on game days yeah and that's not the most convenient situation for anybody or the most enjoyable situation so uh, you want to avoid that if you can, and you like to play your your, uh, your games at home where you're in uh, the, the regular routine, which is uh, skate in the morning and uh, have your nap, and, and you, you go to the rink and you're where you're, where you're comfortable. So that's where everybody wants to play is those, uh, those four home games at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, the, the NHL rules do sit, uh, stay, uh, stipulate that uh, you have to have a certain number of players in the line that have played uh, a, a number of national hockey league games uh so last night uh, you had uh, an interesting lineup where only four players that uh, that suited up in san jose in that 5-2 loss uh only four players were in the lineup on june 13th the night that the vegas golden knights clinched mm-hmm. but they had others like paul cotter who is in the lineup who played in uh, 55 games uh, last year uh adam cracknell who's got uh, the uh, veteran requirement number of uh, nhl games uh, under his belt he would have counted so they did cobble together the uh, appropriate number of uh, of what they call veteran players uh to suit up for a national hockey league game and that what that does it uh it accomplishes a couple of things uh, number one it makes Usually, uh, don't look at uh, Calgary and Vancouver uh, last night. It usually <laughs> makes for a more competitive environment, and uh, it doesn't put anybody, uh, even though it would be the team doing itself uh, an own disservice and, and making them vulnerable, uh, it, it makes it uh, more entertaining. And fans that, that come to these uh, preseason games, uh, they don't want to sit there and watch uh, players that they 
aren't familiar with. And that gives uh, them uh, a little bit more bang for their buck uh, uh, on the ice. Tonight, uh, we're expecting, uh, if not uh, doubling the, the four guys that, uh, that were in the lineup, for the clinching game against the Florida Panthers, pretty close to it. Uh, Paul Cotter is going to go again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a preseason game, so that means Paul Cotter is going to play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, th- this this is going to be a ninth straight exhibition game going back to last year. Isn't, mm-hmm. isn't that amazing? And Wild. he was already scheduled to play. Uh, I, I uh, had uh, been uh, granted access to the lineup uh, last night and, and saw exactly what Vegas was going to do in these uh, these first two games. So it's got nothing to do with, uh, if anybody's reading into uh, a play of uh, of everybody and the uh, the guys that are vying for that uh, spot. Uh, why is Paul Cotter going uh, for a second straight game? Is it because of uh, his play last No, it, he was already going to go. Uh, on, on two straight nights. So uh, he's going to uh, be in the lineup, but uh, I think the uh, the fourth line is going to go in its entirety. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a, a bit of a, a different look in, in the sense that we've got a full line uh, going tonight uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights and, uh, and uh, a more... Uh, higher-end blue line uh, for, for Vegas. Uh, we had uh, McNabb. Boy, McNabb made a couple of plays last night that mm-hmm. really showed the difference between uh, prospects and a veteran National Hockey Leaguer, where it was almost like candy, uh, baby, <laughs> and I'm going to take it from you. Yeah. Uh, and not with the big hits or anything like that. It was just uh, he was so positionally sound uh, on a couple of occasions. But uh, but we're going to see a couple of uh, veteran guys uh, go tonight, and uh, and looking forward to seeing uh, Lucas Cormier. Uh, mm. I think he's going to get into the lineup uh, tonight, so uh, that's uh, going to be uh, positive. But more of an NHL presence on that blue line tonight. And, and the guy that I'm looking forward to seeing the most this evening, uh, the scheduled starter, Mm-hmm. is going to be Logan Thompson. Okay. And significant, one, yeah. because Logan uh, is going to be one of the two goaltenders for the Vegas Golden Knights this year. But keep in mind, Logan hasn't started and finished a game since before the All-Star break yeah. last year. So th- tonight is is physical. Tonight is mental. Too. Uh, and and both are important. Physically, he's got to get through the game, and I, I think he's the plan is to play the whole game. But uh, uh, but we'll see on, on that. Sometimes that can change uh, depending on workload and and shot totals. And if you don't get a lot, they're a little concerned about uh, 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 possibly being cold uh, later on in the game. Or if you get so much work that you don't you don't need it for the third period, they'll they'll t- take you out and they'll they'll pull uh, uh, an audible on it. But uh, Logan Thompson uh, physically has has to show to himself and the team get through the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's important. Uh, he got hurt in Minnesota coming out of the All-Star break and then got hurt in uh, Calgary yep. uh, in, in, in his return from, from injury. And mentally, uh, I think I think it'll be a big relief for him to, to get through this game. So uh, forget the statistics, uh, forget the, the save percentage, forget uh, the Corsi, all of that. Uh, let's just see how Logan Thompson's uh, body uh, handles tonight in his uh, return to the game. And they're expected to fa- uh, start uh, Alexander Yorgiev. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, a couple of guys that that started the season opener for their teams uh, last year uh, going to tonight. So a little bit uh, a more uh, zip into the building this evening. Yeah, and, and I think the, the point on, on Logan Thompson's well made in that you're looking at 
kind of a more more meaningful game than what you'd get generally for your first start of the preseason, right? I think for Logan, it's it's certainly one that I would argue that he's he's looking forward to because you do have to get from point A to point B at some point. You, you've got to be able to start and finish a game um, if you're Logan and you've had the summer to recuperate, you've had the summer to kind of get yourself back into um, you know, a really good spot, healthy, fully healthy, and, and that's important. Uh, so this this first game action for him is going to be you know, incredibly important, not just for the rest of camp, but also going into the regular season. He looks good too. Yeah, he does. He looks he looks really good, and uh, he he's got a new setup uh, mm-hmm. with his gear. Mm-hmm. And watch tonight, see if see if it jumps out at you uh, at all. Now it's on television, so it, it might be a little bit harder to to really absorb what I'm about to pass along. But uh, he's gone with uh, with a, a white set of gear that uh, that almost looks like uh, Mika Kippersov back in the day. Uh, and but it's uh, it's it's that style uh, of his brand. Uh, the manufacturer is Bauer, and I think he looks bigger. I, I think the hmm. pads look bigger. I think the gloves uh, look bigger. It just looks like he's taking up more space. Now, uh, a lot of that is uh, just down to uh, color and uh, absorbing uh, that set of the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, goalie coaches that will only let their goalies uh, wear all white. Uh, uh, you've got uh, the Vancouver Canucks, uh, the, their, their goalie department. They're, they're not allowed to wear anything. Uh, other than all white pads and and no coloring on the on the the uh, the bars on the on the side either. Like really, it's, it's okay. All white. Uh, they they it's it's a team rule, and it doesn't matter who you are. That's uh, that's the way it is. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh uh, this year they've uh, changed. Tristan Jari, if you remember, uh, was big into the. Uh, the black set mm-hmm. and yep. the uh, he would uh, dabble in the yellow set uh, along with Casey DeSmith would wear that. Now Casey DeSmith is is gone, but uh, Tristan Jari's got the contract extension. Uh, all their goalies uh, in camp this mm-hmm. year, all white set uh, uh, going with it. So there's there's a little bit of uh, uh, mental uh, uh, gymnastics going on there, like confident and uh, and then the science behind it. When a when a player looks up at the last second, all he sees is white. He can't see uh, the pad in the way and aim away from the pad. He just looks up. It's all white, so he can't differentiate between the net and the and the uh, and, and the equipment. So there's there's some of that uh, that falls into it. But uh, when I watched him the other day, uh, I I just it just looked like he was. Uh, taking up more space in the net. So uh, those of you listening, i uh, love to hear from you. If, if you got thoughts on that, if you look and go, uh, Millard's totally uh, out of his <laughs> mind on this one. Or, yeah, he, he looks like he's he's a, a little bit more of a presence out there. Uh, and that that gives, believe it or not, gives guys confidence if, if they think that they're, they're automatically uh, ahead of the game uh, when it comes to equipment selection or they're capitalizing on the science part of it. Yeah, I'll be interested to to kind of see what my eyes are telling me in in terms of Logan Thompson and and his new set. Um, I not gonna lie, I loved his gold pads, the, the the new gold pads that he's got. They're a little bit toned down, not as shiny as they were last year. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see what those look like uh, in in the full kit at, for a home game. But um, yeah, I, I liked his white his white pads uh, over the course of practice. So I'll, I'll be I'll be looking at that to see. Um, if if you're if you're onto something or if well, if it doesn't translate on TV, I don't know. We'll see. You bring up a good point though, yeah. uh, because he does have two sets he does. to match the 
jerseys, mm-hmm. uh, the gold at home and the white pads uh, on the road. So I, it wasn't a conscious decision by Logan to go uh, with this set because it looked bigger. He just likes the look of it. <laughs> and it might be just a, a side benefit of it because he's wearing the gold with the gold sweaters mm-hmm. uh, at home. So you're, you're not going to totally buy into this theory uh, with one set and then turn around and wear the gold set at, at home. It's just, uh, it was an observation by me. The Pittsburgh Penguins and the Vancouver Canucks, that's a rule. You're, you're, you're wearing the, the white pads and the gloves, whether you're at home or, or on the road, and you have to deal with it and you have to let uh, fashion go by the wayside. That's that's a shame. Yeah, it is. It's an absolute uh, shame. Uh, but but there, listen, uh, that's not the first time I've heard of it. Sure. Uh, uh, but in the sense of where it's rule and and uh, guys love to uh, or goalie coaches, uh, sports science people uh, want them to to be in the the, the the white kit. Now others have have battled like Mark Andre Fleury uh, forever wore the bright bright yellow, and you could uh, make a case that uh, that he had uh, his greatest season uh, because of the gold pads because uh, Nate Schmidt uh, pulled them out of the the auction block. Uh, they were gonna. They were gonna sell them uh, to uh, uh, auction them off to the to the fan base, mm-hmm. and and Nate Schmidt went and took them out of the 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 list of items that uh, that were being sold, and said, uh, "Flower, you got to put these on. These these rock, and they're great." And Mark Andre was struggling at the time, mm-hmm. uh, put them on, and and turned it around, and and then he wore gold uh, when he switched from CCM into True Manufacturers, and and won his Vesna Trophy. So it's it's not a guarantee by any uh, means. I think, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. I think there's some uh, just mental uh, uh, jumping jacks taking place with this. Uh, and, and trying to convince people, give them a, a little bit of a psychological edge uh, because otherwise it would be uh, uh, just so uh, solid down the middle that uh, that everybody would, uh, would be wearing the white. Yeah, I don't think that there's any – I mean, listen, I can't get into the head of a goaltender, so that's that's not necessarily where I'm going. I, I don't feel like there's some, you know, big idea that, that this is going to uptick your performance by – a certain percentage point. I, I just I don't see that. Now that all being said, you you kind of you you brought up Mark Andre Fleury, and if I'm remembering things correctly, when he won with Pittsburgh, the first one in in 2008, I think his pads were white, right? But then he has a Vesna year in gold pads. So I, I yeah. think it, it comes down to whether or not you can stop the he puck. Broke it and, in the NHL in the bright yellows. Yeah, exactly. So didn't necessarily go well in the bright yellows. Switched to white, wins a Stanley Cup or two or three, and then he goes back to gold and wins a Vesna. Maybe he's just good. It's funny. Uh, yeah, there might be some athletic ability <laughs> that uh, that might influence things a little bit more than what you look down. I, I've told you guys the, the story before where a buddy of mine who is a forward in the National Hockey League, he's been retired for a couple of years now, uh, he couldn't wear a certain manufacturer of skates. He was sponsored by this manufacturer, and he had an endorsement deal with them hmm. and had to pull out of the agreement because he couldn't get through his head when he stood at the faceoff dot and he was a, he was a winger and he leaned on his stick and he looked down it got to him and he was psychologically beat because he he 
he thought his feet looked fat. And it it bothered him that his feet looked fat. Wow. So he, he changed he gave up the endorsement deal and went to a different manufacturer where he didn't get paid, had to pay for his uh for all all of his skates, but he performed better and and produced uh statistically much better uh in in those skates. What was the difference? Nothing, really. <laughs> but psychologically, he didn't look down at the face-off and think, my feet are fat. I'm going to have trouble getting there. And that that's a 100% true story. So there there is uh, the, the psychological part to it. Can sure. you imagine that? Yeah, listen, I don't care how fat my feet look. If someone's writing me a check to wear their skates, sign, sign me up for that. My Here's feet can thing, look though. fat. You're going to make more money if you produce, yep. and if you're not producing because you're in your own head because you think your feet are fat, then you're not going to make as much money, no matter how good that endorsement deal is. So I just there, don't know. There I, is part of it. I don't understand how your feet being fat would prevent you from playing hockey. It's it's not it's not so much that. It's just, just bothered there's, them. There's just something that bothers yeah. the player. Like, and and I don't know who this is, but I, again. I, when I say that, I, I don't think you can standardize like a percentage point uptick in all white pads versus black pads or gold pads or whatever. But I do feel that if there's a goaltender that that believes wholeheartedly that he will stop more pucks because he's wearing white pads, then yeah, I, I think that there's something there to it. But um, you know, it, it's interesting because whatever whatever you get hung up on can be a roadblock until you eliminate that roadblock and. And obviously, in the case of your friend, he was able to do it. And he had a very good career uh, when he switched skates. And uh, the the agreement that he had was with another buddy of ours who was the equipment rep uh, for that company. <laughs> and he had to tell her, buddy, I'm sorry, I'm out. I can't do it. They couldn't uh, just, like, figure out how to send him a different prototype of skate? No, I don't think it was ever going to work. Okay. Because he had it just in his head that that manufacturer uh, made his feet look uh, a little bit bigger. And uh, as far as the white pads the thing goes, uh, most goalies would like more color in yeah. or, or more creativity with uh, with their kit. And with uh, the DigiPrint uh, that uh, has made some great leaps and bounds uh, over the last couple of years, it's all uh, like you you can virtually come up with any design and and put it uh, uh, on the front face uh, of that pad. Goalies love that. It, mm-hmm. Pads have become the uh, the goalie mask uh, in in cases uh, for for netminders, especially at the college and the junior level, uh, being able to explore their creativity uh, much like they do on, on on their masks. But the the white rule uh, of having an all white facing pad Pad and uh, same with the side uh, uh, pads uh, uh, and bars. Um, it's the uh, side rules, uh, which is on the outside of, of both pads all the way down. It's really grandfathered in. They don't make. They don't really do anything anymore. It used to be to try and hold the pad in a shape. That's why those things were there mm-hmm. uh, at the original uh, when they used to make gold pads way back in the day. Now it's just. Uh, just there because that's the way pads should look. Uh, anyway, uh, goalies would would love all kinds of different designs or colors or uh, uh, different uh, presentations, but it's it's usually on 
the team, mm-hmm. the goalie coach or the the general manager uh, that uh, that makes that the rule, and then the goaltender has to uh, follow suit with it. Oh, one of the, my favorite sets that I ever saw was an all white set of pads and those. Um, uh, rolls on the side that go all the way down vertically mm-hmm. on the outside of the pad mm-hmm. were red mm-hmm. and it was supposed to and then the top was just a, a, a little bit red just a slight tinge of red at the top of the pad and it was uh, the thought process was that that was the goal and uh, <laughs> that the uh, the shooter would look up at the last second if he got a quick look uh, would look up and he'd see this this white mm-hmm. and it's framed by a red which is the post so they would try and shoot inside that and that that's intriguing yeah. that, that was cool i don't know whether there's any benefit uh one way or the other whether it ever worked and i don't know how you quantify that but uh but that was one of the the, the neater ones that i saw yeah i i like the idea of doing that i think that if you're going to go with an alt-white pad mm-hmm. you should absolutely have the bars be red just to uh just to say no they're the posts yeah they're here's the posts. another one uh, and it was uh, which which company uh, made? It? I'll think of it here here in a second. Uh, uh, they would uh, they did um, a mesh look on mm-hmm. the pads, mm-hmm. uh, and they called it goalie flush. Uh, <laughs> but they they put uh, put mesh on the pad, and it was designed. It was supposed to be that when the shooter looked up, all he saw was mesh, whether it was behind the goalie mm-hmm. or on his pads. So you didn't know where the pads were or weren't. Was was the idea, and they did it on the gloves. I actually had a set of this. Uh, these, really? Uh, for 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 a bit. Yeah, yeah Google it. It's it's really it, it was really neat. Now it, it didn't catch on, but it was a, a really cool idea. Talk about uh, getting into the psychological weeds uh, of the game. But the the shooter comes down and he sees the net. Obviously, whatever you can see of the net and the mesh. And then on the the goalie's wearing nothing but mesh, <laughs> and it looks like he's. He, I guess the idea is it looks like he doesn't have legs because it's it's mesh on his his pads and mesh behind him, and and uh, and they did a they did a really neat job uh, with, uh, with 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 that part. Uh, Brian's uh, mm-hmm. did uh, did a lot of that uh, in in the early going, and then there was a couple other manufacturers that uh, that kind of caught uh, wind of it. It didn't didn't go mainstream. <laughs> But I've seen a few sets uh, every couple of years. There's there's a set that 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 looks like that. Did your uh, did your save percentage go up nah, when you had the goalie flush? Not no a chance. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I was best was when you could have like 14 inch pads, and then you flatten them down. So by the by the middle of the season, it's 16 and a half yeah. uh, wide. Mm-hmm. That's when you're really good. Totally uh, when when you could actually uh, like take up more and more space without doing anything. This idea that uh, it's it's eleven inch width of the pad, mm-hmm. and they're so uh, strong, the foam uh, and the the construction, the inner uh, property that's uh, underneath the, the 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 cover of the pad is is so uh, secure that it never moves anyway. You know, guys don't even measure really pads. They all have to go to K Whitmore in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League office. Every set of goalie gear, gloves, uh, uh, upper body stuff, uh, pads, they all go to K Whitmore and he's got his uh, his protractor and his different uh, uh, utensils and he measures them. But they're all they're all good and they don't break down over time like all of ours mm-hmm. used to uh, back in the day when you had the the horse hair and uh, <laughs> and that that kind of thing. It used to be you could you could expand your glove or your pads by another 
two inches over mm-hmm. the lifetime uh, of of the of, of the the pads. I I I'm actually I'm staring at a pair of goalie flage pads. They look right cool, now. don't oh, they? Yeah, they're they're rad because it's got the red bar too. So it's got the mesh on the inner of the pad, and then it's got the red bar. It's it's tweet so that out. Funny. I'd, lo- I'd lo- oh, love to so be able funny. to see it. Who who? What manufacturer is that one? Can you can you tell? Let me. I, I got to zoom into the picture. Hold on. Yeah. Give me a minute. Yeah, you got to tweet that out because it's uh, we've gone down a rabbit hole uh, with uh, Logan Thompson and the uh, the different uh, challenges that he's going to face tonight and this training camp, uh, getting his game back in gear. Uh, that will be uh, a later step. Uh, but uh, getting through this game tonight, uh, feeling comfortable, mentally showing himself uh, that he can get through the game, physically proving to himself the, that, he, that he gets through a game. And then uh, the idea that he might look a little bit bigger in this, uh, in this white set uh, has, has landed us on this doorstep. Yeah, it, it looks like uh, it looks like Brian's. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet it right now. It's phenomenal. Now, where do you think that comes from? Like something like that? Like, are you sitting uh, at your kitchen table, or you're sitting at the bar, or you're doing something else, and that pops into your head? Like, it, that's why I could never be a designer like that because I'd never come up with anything close to it. So. When you were when you were talking about the red bar on the side, yeah, my brain immediately went to put mesh inside of it. Mm. That's where it went to. So mm. I don't know. I I just I think that it it kind of makes it's like the next logical step. It's not a bridge too far because I feel like with goaltending equipment specifically, you can kind of get away with a lot of different uh, well, ideas. Tony Esposito, yeah, uh, he he used to wear uh, mesh. Uh, he he, I mean everybody cheated then you there was no rules basically he could do anything but uh he had a little bit of mesh uh, in the five hole uh back in the day and because he had one of the bigger five holes as a southpaw uh the great tony o with the 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 great uh, record for shutouts in his rookie season so uh that the, that goes back to the idea uh of it uh stopping physically stopping the puck goes back to the early 70s but then the psychological side was uh is now in the 2000s there's uh there's also oh boy from 2020 there's a a picture of a a pad set that's just got a screen printing of the net and the end boards on the pads looks neat doesn't it yeah it's wild love it tweet it out Uh, let's take a break Uh, we'll come back with one-timers news notes from around the national hockey league which will also include a a little bit of reaction from uh, what happened last night in san jose and looking forward to this evening's game against colorado avalanche we also have four tickets to wednesday's game against the los angeles kings for you we will give those away in uh, the one-timer segment on fox sports las vegas shortened show today uh, because the golden knights are in denver to take on the colorado avalanche uh, so we are going to bring in now, one-timers presented by Paul Pata, Paul Pata Law. Not about the injury, it's about the recovery. We'll get into some news and notes from around the National Hockey League. But uh, first, a couple of uh, comments uh, regarding the 5-2 loss last night, in which it was 4-1 after 1. Uh, San Jose scored in three of their first uh, six shots on Yuri Patera. wasn't his fault at all. Uh, not a lot of puck luck uh, for him. Mm-mm. But after uh, that, the final 40 minutes, uh, Vegas was just fine, and mm-hmm. it was uh, a 1-1 game. Who stood out for you? I, I think Pavel Dorfiev was was kind of the first one that stood out to me, just kind of making plays. Obviously, the pass to, to Ivan Barbashev, but the puck seemed to kind of follow him around. He was in the middle of a, of a lot of uh, the good chances for the Vegas Golden Knights. Max Comtois' physicality stood out to me. Obviously, a couple of big hits. He draws two penalties. Those are, you know, important. I think 
moments for him because you know you 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 want to go out there you want to show well but you're kind of towing that line of, of not trying to do too much or, or going too over the top um so i, I thought comtois physical game was was pretty good um and then I, I thought kind of as the game wore on, Brendan Brisson had his flashes, a couple of moments just, you know, offensively, but also as we saw kind of over the course of the rookie faceoff, he's willing to kind of go in, make plays, and, and, and kind of fight for those 50-50 puck battles, and he won a, a few of them last night, so I, I thought he looked good. That was impressive the way the team settled things down as a group after mm-hmm. the first period. Uh, that could have got ugly. And it happened a couple of different places last night in the National Hockey League. And uh, night one of the the preseason, you usually see home teams with a more NHL-ready lineup. It's Mm -hmm. their fans. And the opposition, because they have so many players in camp, you want to get a look at at some of your young kids, go with a more inexperienced roster. Uh, Calgary beat Vancouver 10 Cobb last night Mm -hmm. uh, at home. Uh, Dallas upended... Uh, a third lineup from Arizona because they got players all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, Melbourne and uh, and a couple of split squads here. Uh, and that, quite honestly, after the first period, now 4-1 and things aren't going your way. Uh, and I know that there was a conversation with a group in, in the dressing room uh, uh, initiated by Bruce Cassidy, but I, I thought they did a good job as a whole to really uh, get things turned around and, and make a – Make it a, a a game that uh, that wasn't uh, sort of the the typical exhibition blowout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it it for how it started, it could have certainly got gotten farther away from the Vegas Golden Knights. And you know, I I do think to to a man, they were able to settle things down. And you know, obviously they got better in the second period. I thought the third period was their best period, and we kind of grew into that. Uh, Byron Fraze uh, had a good game yeah. uh, last night. Uh, you did uh, you did see. Uh, the the Cotter line have a couple of good shifts as well, and uh, those those top two units in particular uh, that we have uh, so much attention on, uh, Barbashev and Dorofiev uh, with some with some chemistry out there uh, did did some damage, and uh, and you're you're talking about uh, not how you start, it's how you finish. That's Darren Elliott. Like he was all <laughs> over that last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it was like he was channeling his inner instagram you know that uh that you always see uh, on on tiktok and instagram and uh, the way it started and the way it is now mm-hmm. uh that that carry uh type of thing that's that's exactly you and darren elliott are, are totally on the same page two peas uh two peas uh we have uh, some interesting news out of pittsburgh and a finite assessment hmm. of what gino malkin's career is going to look like and he says three more years. Okay. It, it was it was more wide open last year, mm-hmm. and now he's he's basically calling it. Uh, he's going to be thirty seven uh, in, in three more years, and it, this this is it. This is uh this is going to be the uh, the the playing out of of his contract and and his career. So uh, I mean that's that's huge, obviously, and I I'd like to believe, and and I don't know that this is going to happen, but I'd like to believe that you know if if Malkin's able to kind of be the player that he's been, or at least kind of, you know, help the Pittsburgh Penguins back into the playoffs, play meaningful hockey in the postseason, that maybe if he's still playing at a really good clip, he'll he'll extend that out because he's he's a he's been a really fun player to watch over the course of his entire career. But if he's calling his shot, um, I wouldn't bet against Sidney Crosby and and Evgeny Malkin doing some damage in those three years. 
We have Riley Smith playing on uh, the right side of uh, Malkin. Now, Riley Smith is a right shot. He's played a lot of left wing mm -hmm. uh, over the course of his career. Uh, some had him penciled to play with, with Sid uh, this season, but it looks like he's going to play on, on Malkin's right side. And uh, with the way they're going, a uh, lo lot of talk about uh, one of those two top lines is going to have either Latang or Carlson on the ice with them at uh, at all times, mm -hmm. five on five, the damage that they're going to be able to do. Uh, just much must watch hockey this mm -hmm. year, the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's it's going to be fun to have a team like that. Now, now Boston was great last year and an amazing story, but it developed as, as it went along. This is right from the very start with a handful of Hall of Famers trying to recapture uh, the past glory and in an Eastern time zone we'll be able to to be able to really grab hold of this all winter long and in a, in a division quite frankly that's wide open mm -hmm. and yeah. they could they could finish could they could they win the Atlantic I don't or the Metropolitan uh, I, could they could I, they win 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 the Metropolitan or or could they miss the playoffs? It could be either one of them. <laughs> yeah, I I see no reason to to put like a, a definitive answer on any of it because you could tell me they finish first and I'd believe it because Eric Carlson has another dynamic year and Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby, and I've learned my lesson. I'm never betting against him. That being said, like could could it kind of go sideways in Pittsburgh? Could you have some of the you know, some of the issues where you, you, you've got Chris Letang who wants to play power play uh, first unit. You've got Eric Carlson, and, you know, the, the idea is to play them both on the power play. At least that's what Mike Sullivan said. But, you know, the numbers for Carlson and Burns at the same time weren't great in San Jose. So all that kind of being said, I could see it going a lot of different ways for Pittsburgh. I'm hopeful, though, that it goes in the right direction because I'd love to see that team at the height of their power with all that offensive upside in the playoffs to be fun. I don't think they end up both uh, playing on the power play at the same time, Latang mm -hmm. and Carlson. And and I'll explain it. And it has nothing to do with uh, whether one player deserves to be out there more than the other in the sense of, uh, am I picking one or the other? I'm, mm. No, no. I mean, statistically, it should be Carlson and then Latang. Uh, but Latang's got some tenure there. I'm not going to get into the politics of that. <laughs> the, the the issue is if you play them both on the power play, mm -hmm. that that's a number one unit that's going to stay out there virtually the whole time. Right. Uh, you see it all the time with the, with Sarp Ovi uh, stays out there the whole time. So if if Carlson and Latang are going to stay out there the whole time on, on a penalty, who who comes on after? Carlson you're, just you're, stays on. You're you're following up your your power play with your uh, three and four non-pairing, or mm -hmm. you go with your, your, your third pairing as a, as a total, but, or you go, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it doesn't fit uh, strategically uh, to be able to, that's why I don't think they end up, uh, they end up doing it. And uh, all uh, sort of fun aside, mm -hmm. I, st I, I want another forward out there. Uh, I, I don't need to defend that team's. I, if you're if you're a team that's talking about winning the Stanley Cup, which they are, mm -hmm. contending for winning the Stanley Cup, uh, I want I want one defenseman on the power play, and I want four forwards. I, and I you, don't, sh you should be able to you should be able to uh, accommodate that without I, any issue. I don't disagree with you outside of the fact that you know I, Eric Carlson might be better than most forwards in that spot, right? Like he's just so good now. Yeah. 
Could you could you reasonably go with and just hear me out on this? First minute you've got Carlson and Latang on the same unit. Second minute Latang goes off. You have four forwards with Eric Carlson. He plays the full two minutes. You come back off the power play with with Chris Latang. It's something that could work. Yeah, it's just a lot of moving parts when you're practicing yeah, well, that power play all, yeah. all the time. Uh, let's uh, let's take a break, but before we do that, uh, let's give away some tickets to the Los Angeles Kings visit to Team Mobile on Wednesday. All right, it's uh, 702-876-1340 is the number. I, I don't know why Chapman didn't tell you, Darren, but it's uh, it's tickets to Arizona. It's Vegas oh. and Arizona. I did that's, said just that's tickets. A, that's a mulligan. That's a mulligan on Chapman's part, but you will still be able to win tickets right now. 702-876-1340, caller number 13. You get to see Vegas and Arizona. That person doesn't sound very excited. <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's a little long. Energy out of it's a little one. long too. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna scrap that one. Now that uh, the, we just need a little more energy from that uh, voiceover. I, I feel like we gotta see it in a two hour show though. Like maybe it's just because we're so high energy. Understanding there's a game in about an hour and five minutes. Maybe it's that. Chapman, what do you got going on? Uh, I went to the Raiders game yesterday, and it's kind of funny because I feel like I actually went to a Steelers game with how many people there were waving those terrible towels um pretty wild I, i'd see the steelers play a few times when they came to new jersey to play the the jets growing up we had season tickets so i'd go to a lot of the jet steeler games it seemed like they played every year but man I, I i never remember seeing that many steeler fans i knew when i was walking into the game that the raiders were going to be in trouble because everyone walking in was wearing a steelers jersey or they had a steelers hat on or they had their terrible towel I mean, geez, local people, what are you doing? You're just getting rid of your tickets for the Raiders, selling them to whoever wants to buy them. By the way, I heard tickets were selling for like upwards of $1,100 in the upper well, deck. There you go. Yeah, but those are on the secondary market. I mean, you'd imagine Raider fans own those tickets. But if you can, if you can sell a couple of games and you pay for the rest of your season, you're doing that all day long. That's the way to do it. I don't know, man. No, Chapman, you're telling me you wouldn't do that? Listen, I have done it, but for a team I didn't care about. I used to have San Diego Chargers season tickets, and I'd sell every game with the exception of one or two. But That's the goofiest thing that you've it's, ever it's, said. It's, and, why? And that's, why? And, that's, and that's right up I'm, there. I'm not a Charger fan. I didn't care, but I made why money. Would have, why would you have season tickets for a team you don't care about? Because, I got, because listen, they, they, the, they were so desperate for selling people season tickets that they gave me a playoff game from the year before. So, like, I bought the tickets during the season, and I got a playoff game. They played the Patriots in the playoffs in San Diego. That one playoff game paid for my entire season ticket. Right. That's that's the argument. Yeah, but the point is I don't care. I didn't care about the Chargers. But it, even if you do care, money means something. It's not a bad thing to make money. I don't like, know. I, I, if you, if you I, want I season- feel like as a fan, if you're a fan of the Raiders – you should be selling your ticket. I don't know. Uh, for the home opener? All I'm saying, yes, for the home opener, because you can go to every other game now, and you don't have to worry about it, because you've got your season tickets paid for. Ah, oh, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't get on board with that. I just can't. I can't get on board with that. I think you're trying to spin us. 
an argument that you have principles when it comes to this. <laughs> listen, I don't, it, think, listen, I don't think if, there's if, any principles if, when it comes to Chris Chapman. If, I'm, if I have money. New York Jets season tickets, I'm not selling those tickets. I'm going to every game. I'm a fan of the team. If I could afford the season tickets, yeah, then I shouldn't have thing. to sell. Maybe well, some people can't afford them. Well, then them, don't but buy them. But this is the way they get. No, they don't can, buy them. Buy groceries. Pay your, pay your power bill. You're looking glasses right now, my friend. No, there's more important things. If you can't afford them, don't buy them. Don't sell them. Oh, that allows you to get to the games. No, it's no, it's it's happen. dirty. It's it's slimy. You don't do that. I'm not calling you slimy people. I'm, I'm not calling you I am. That's Chris Chapman <laughs> calling you that. His number is 702-555-1234. Give him a shout. Check him out. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the game.